today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and, and you only have so many hours. So me basing it on hourly rate rather than package deals meant that my hours ended up getting maxed out. And yeah, I was doing stuff I really disliked doing and, and not helping anybody because it was stuff that it, they were tasks that weren't in my wheelhouse that just weren't going to help them that they really needed like a full-time salesperson. So whatever I did wasn't going to be enough. So they ultimately weren't happy with the work I did. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita I I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited to have you here. I can't wait for you to meet my guest. Many of you might even know who she is. You probably love her if you do. But if you have no idea who she is, don't worry. You will and you will love her by the end of this episode. So I'm joined today by Lisa Nichols, who is a social media expert, speaker, trainer, consultant, and she's also uh, the CEO of Tira Strategies. And she's a client and a friend and so much more. And I'm really excited for the conversation that we're going to have today, because today we're talking about what's really keeping you from making the money and generating that revenue or even that income that you want in your business. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks, Rita. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, it's fun. And guys, just so you know, we're in person together, which Ooh. is crazy. So the, uh, the audio <laughs> might sound a little different than normal because we're trying a new feature on the mic. So I just say, please stick with us. But we're so excited uh, to be here with you guys today. So Lisa, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do and how you kind of got into doing what you do? Thanks. Well, hey, everybody. It's so nice to be here and chatting with you, well, chatting to you and chatting with Rita. So I'm really excited for this. And I've been, um, I own my, I opened my business about 11 years ago. Um, so it's, it's been around longer than Instagram, which just cracks me up. And I got into it. Um, I always say I kind of fell into being an entrepreneur, but I think I was leaning towards it my whole life. I've always really enjoyed working for small businesses rather than large companies. And I was doing ad sales at a local newspaper. We were running some social media campaigns on behalf of our clients. And when the paper closed, as they all had been doing, I just looked at my boss and said, I should open my own social media marketing company because I know how to do it and nobody else does. And Tira Strategies came about then. And I ran it, um, you know, pretty much without any help, um, in terms of coaching for the first four-ish years and then you know, my friend Rita decided to be a business coach and I was, I was like, yes, finally. Thank goodness. So. Finally, I had some help. I had some help. Well, so that's really exciting, right? I know that a lot of people kind of uh, get into entrepreneurship because of a situation like they're 
business closes or their job goes away, or in fact, right now, more than ever before with COVID, COVID-19. So if you're listening to this, like way in the future, because of course my podcast will live forever and ever, we're, we're still, we're at the tail end of what you've been hearing called the COVID times, right? Like where the world is opening back up. But here's what's interesting. A lot of people are deciding, I don't really want to go back to the workplace, right? I mean, it's happening at a large scale that people are like, you know, maybe, maybe I kind of want to take what I can do well and maybe keep this going and work for myself and uh, enjoy flexibility and freedom. So more now than ever before, people are starting to step into entrepreneurship. So people take like these changes in life and step into something they were never anticipating doing. I mean, I imagine you were never like your goal was never to be an entrepreneur, correct? True. I, I was not one of those people that just, uh, you know, knew from an early age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just thought I would always work for somebody. And then, you know, the weird thing was that I, in looking at other jobs after the newspaper job, I couldn't find anything I loved. And I thought, I don't want to take a job that I hate. And so I just said, I'm going to be my own boss. And, you know, I have to tell you, and, you know, we all get yearnings like, oh, I should take a corporate job because this instability is a little bit, it can be a wild ride as an entrepreneur, but there is no stability in being at a corporate job these days either. There's no company loyalty. There's no guarantee that you're going to be in a job forever. So at least now I'm in charge of my own destiny. And if I don't make sales, it's on me, not on another, you know, corporate person not doing what they need to do. Yeah. Well, and that's a topic for another whole day, right? And it, well, in that thing of, um, and I think COVID again brought this out more. There, people are like, oh, in these uncertain times, and it's like, well, there's never been a certain time, right? It's just we could predict it a little more regularly because we had never gone through something like this before. But every day is uncertain. You have no idea what's going to happen to you anytime you walk out of your house or even in your house. Like you just don't know. But it's the same thing in corporate America. People are like, oh, the corporate job is my security, but you could get fired tomorrow. You have no control over that, right? So I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's, that is going to be an interview for another day. I'm, I'm all in for that one. I could talk <laughs> well, about that forever. <laughs> maybe we'll bring a lot of people if we can figure out this microphone thing and have like a lot of people sit around and we'll all have a conversation around that one. But tell me... So so here is what I know is on the people, on the people, on the people's minds, on the minds of everyone who is thinking about doing this. And this is definitely something that people will relate to who have. But that first day, you're like, all right, that's it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to open the doors to my own business and go for it. What did that mean? What did you do? You sat where and you thought, what? Like you had an official first day. What was it like? Do you even remember? You know, I don't remember the first day. I was terrified my first year. I, I will tell, like, the, the biggest thing I can take away from year one is that it is just terrifying. And so my first day without a job, luckily, I had had a client come with me from the paper who wanted marketing help. So I I could start working day one. I didn't That's have nice. to sit in an That's office nice. and yeah. look at my, you know, chalkboard and go, wow, I've got nothing going on. Where are my where are my clients? Well that so. is that so that's tip one. Like if we were going to pull out tips, right? If you guys are writing this down on a piece of paper, right? Number one is like have a client and it doesn't have to be a paid client. Like Lisa had someone who was ready to work with her, but if you can find someone from the get-go who is willing to let you help them and guide them, even if it's for no fee, right? That's going to be something that I, I imagine gave you a lot of 
maybe not confidence and like, I'm great at this, although maybe, but probably like, okay, this is a thing. And I have something to play around with, something to try. Right. True. And, you know, I, I have to say it did give me confidence because it gave me confidence in taking the skills from the paper and translating them to real business. And it was actually a restaurant, which is a challenging client to have. Right. So I learned so much doing marketing for them. And I think it was just a really good way to start for me. So I was very, very happy that I had that client waiting. So you had me. a client? Yes. How did you decide like what to do for them and what to charge them? Or did you? So I did for them whatever they wanted. You know, as a, <laughs> as a business owner, it's like, I'll do all the things. I'll just pay me money. I'll do everything. Just whatever you want. Just yeah. give me money. I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. And I actually, you know, back then did something you're not supposed to and based on an hourly rate. So yeah. I was working at an well, hourly let's, rate. Okay. So that is also a conversation for another day because it's like, I don't want everybody out there to go, what do you mean? You're not like certain businesses should charge by the hour. Certain services should be by the hour. But the price and the value that you're putting on that hour, a lot of times that's inherited from corporate America in terms of what we think like our rate is and what like a reasonable rate is and what a reasonable rate is. But like a lot of people just going, going, well, I'm working 40 hours and I need to make this much money. And so this is what my hourly rate needs to be. And that's normal because that's how we get paid. Right. But uh, yeah, for you. Right. Like very quickly, I think it became clear that you probably weren't going to be able to get to where you wanted to be. The hourly rate you probably started yourself at with forty with forty hours a yeah. week's worth of work, right? Um, so you had a client, you kind of were like, whatever was it? Was it like whatever you want to pay me, just pay me, or like did you actually have a? Well, you just came up with a, a random hourly rate. I did. I I came up with an hourly rate that I thought would would be um just for the. I'm not going to say it was a package because I wasn't like sophisticated enough to figure out packages back then, yeah. but I did come out with an hourly rate based on the work I thought I would do for them, which made sense to me at the time. It is nowhere near my hourly rate now. Of course, it was super low, but it did make some kind of sense to me. Yeah. Then. Okay, and, cool. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you had you had a way and you had, and you knew kind of your end goal for this client was to help them with their social media. And so you got off and, and you got to the races. What I mean, at that point, were you still looking for other clients? Like, what were you doing to find other clients? Um, Gosh, if I can remember back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Such a long time ago. I think we all, I think it's all buried inside. I think we all remember kind of like what we did and, and whether it was right or wrong, good or bad, right? It's just like, you had to go somewhere. You had to put it out there. You had to tell people or did you? Some people struggle because they don't like they're scared to. Yeah, no, I was definitely looking for other clients. But again, I took on a lot of other marketing work that wasn't social media related just because that's what people needed. And they contact me and say, oh, can help, you can help us with marketing and sales. There and I was like, yes, go. I can. I'm so <laughs> glad that you went here so quickly. So you had a client, you were just kind of like, whatever rate, whatever, whatever work they want from me, I'll do. And also whatever work anybody else contacted me and said, can you do this? You just said yes. The goal was like, they tell me what they need. Mm -hmm. I will do it for them. And I will ask for money in exchange for this, correct? Yeah. And I hated the work too. Like a lot of times it was work I really didn't want to do, but I was just but the money. Oh, I'm gonna make yeah, money. I so, need to make yeah. money. And so it's kind of like in like that's and that's how so I know so many people out there nodding their head going, Yeah, like this is still this is still me, right? Like people call and say, Hey, this is what I need. And instead of I I kind of say, instead of like after we've grown into our business a little bit and become the expert that recommends to people what they need, right? At the beginning, it's like they're telling you this is what I want or need. And you kind of fall into a, 
yeah, okay, like I can give you that, right? Without really stepping into, but that's not going to help you or like that's not really what you need. And so that's a normal thing too. But here's where, I mean, you're, you're highlighting, I think why so many people struggle at the beginning to get consistent clients or to generate consistent revenue is they are taking all of the kinds of work that they can do for all of the kinds of people that they can help. And what they end up doing is feeling chaotic or scattered and also not loving their day. So is that kind of where you found yourself at the beginning of your business? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and, and you only have so many hours. So me basing it on hourly rate rather than package deals meant that my hours ended up getting maxed out. And yeah, I was doing stuff I really disliked doing and, and not helping anybody because it was stuff that it, they were tasks that weren't in my wheelhouse that just weren't going to help them that they really needed like a full-time salesperson. So whatever I did wasn't going to be enough. So they ultimately weren't happy with the work I did because you it weren't was just, happy. Yeah. They weren't I, happy. Nobody was happy. Nobody was happy. <laughs> right. Although yes, we all have, and you have to start somewhere. So I don't want people to think that this is an episode where you have to know exactly who your ideal clients are and know exactly what you're going to charge and exactly. Cause if you guys have listened to any of my podcasts at all, right? What you're going to know is you don't, in fact, you shouldn't have it all. You should kind of do what Lisa's talking about. We've all started there at the top of an hourglass, but you very quickly get to where Lisa was, which is like, I have clients, but I don't love the work. I have clients, but I'm not making the money I want to make, but I really don't have much more time to go and do anything else to change this situation. So what am I going to do? Right. So I remember we were having a couple of conversations about this before the big conversation that we we're going to, that we're going to talk about. But like, <laughs> what? so can you remember what you were? I mean, I know you said some people were contacting you, but how were they finding out about you to know that you did this way back at the beginning of your business? So I actually was um, on the board of the Reston Chamber of Commerce and I did a lot of chamber networking and that was really where I was getting a ton of my clients. And they would, back then, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I would say did social media people's eyes would light up like oh my gosh you do oh, <laughs> yeah, ten year, yeah, yeah ten year, like yeah, what's right? that social media yeah. <laughs> this new crazy thing all the kids are talking yeah. about right so, so. so that was how I ended up getting a lot of my clients and you know that was a good way to do it I I, I will to this day networking yeah yeah talk about chambers of commerce is a great way to build a small business so you were networking and you were just taking all the clients and doing all the things and saying yes to everything and just charging just you know no rhyme or reason to what the rate oh, was. Don't even tell me about the chart. Oh my God, how much I charge is abysmal. So yeah, but, low. It, but again, like, like this isn't like, it just shows, right, that, that business is, is growth. But, and this is how you start. Like this is how, everyone, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh no, is she saying I shouldn't? No, like we all start charging whatever we think yep. with whoever we can, with like doing whatever. But at a certain point, you can't continue to go down that path. And especially if you're struggling to generate consistent revenue, especially if you're struggling to generate the first, like, let's call it, you know, I hate like the 5k, 10k, but if you're struggling to hit $5,000 a month, and I love, I, I, I love and hate the money analogy, but people can visualize it well, like a $10,000 a month is close to like six figures a year, $5,000 a month is like, usually kind of equivalent to what most salaries are, right? So I use this as a marker, because people can understand it. But if you're struggling to generate consistent $5,000 a month, like you can't just charge 
anything and you can't help everyone do everything. You have to make some decisions, right? But I'm curious because we did have this chat, this, this talk. And I remember we were at, we were like at an event and we were drinking some wine, you know, of course we were, (laughs) of course we were, as we do. And like, I remember I was asking you some of these questions, like how frequently are you going out to find clients? And like what, like, and how frequently are you posting and uh, on your own social media? And how frequently are you like having sales calls? And how frequently are you? And I think your answer was more like, I kind of am. Like I, I'm kind of do do it. Like tell me a little bit about that stage, right, where you knew you needed more. But then I was digging in saying like, well, how frequently are you going networking? And how frequently are you asking people if they want to work with you? And how frequently are you like showing up and doing your own visibility and your own social media? Like what was going on there for you then? Well, so I have to, so uh, my dad passed away in 2014. And before that, he he was sick. So a lot of what I was doing from 2010 to 2014 was just making my sure my family was okay. Yeah. And yeah, kind of doing my job on the side yeah, and yeah. running my business. So, so until that time it was more, well, whatever comes in is great. And, you know, I was going with it, but it wasn't ideal because I still needed to be making money, but I just wasn't focused on it. So, you know, after that, when we were talking, um, it just, it was very haphazard with what I was doing. I had no plan. I had no sales funnel, sales funnel, that bad word sales funnel. I had. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you just didn't have a lot of strategy. I didn't, right? I had zero strategy. I was going to chamber events and thinking, well, if somebody talks to me, that's great. They can hire me. So I didn't have a way to reach out to people and to mine for clients. Yeah. There wasn't like that. a repeatable process yeah. that kind of, like I say, works, works like a well-oiled machine, right? And like, absolutely. Like half the reason we run our own business is to be able to live our life and take care of our family and do all of that, right? But you had not yet built like this stable, secure business, but you had to do it. And so you fell into this habit of like, I I just do whatever that I can to to get it done. And then the world opened up for you, right, to be able to do more. And it was like, but what what do I do? Because this is the way I've been operating, right? And the way you have been operating was a little, I think you had said like kind of just chaotic and you couldn't really measure the success. And there was no, so at that point I was like, cool, we have to stop treating your business (laughs) like a hobby. And we actually now need to step into really treating your business like a business, right? And so that's when we really started working together because it was like, and I know a lot of people have this, but like, well, what does that mean? And so many people are doing what you said in terms of throwing spaghetti on the wall and hoping it sticks. Well, I guess I should go networking, right? Because that's where you go get clients. Or maybe I should be posting on social media because that's what I hear get you clients or, but there's no strategy behind any of it. Right. So when we first started together, like we had to create different strategies in different areas. So I kind of want to walk you through and guys, the reason that I'm walking through this, I mean, it's no surprise, right? You've heard me say this in the last episode and you're going to hear me talk about it. If you've been in my Facebook group, if you've been in clubhouse, you've heard me talking about this. My program, the most important thing is open for registration. Now it starts May 17th. We decided to uh, extend the cart open a little bit and we are going to start it on May 17th. It just seemed to be a better date for so many people. Um, maybe it's like that right before the holiday kind of time. But um, we're starting at May 17th. And the reason that I'm talking about this is this is the framework for the program, right? Where you say, okay, I am ready to generate consistent $5,000 months or more, whatever that is. But whatever I want to generate, I want it to be consistent. And I want it to feel like there's a process, that there's intentionality behind it, that there's a system behind it that allows me to get more clients and make more money 
and having the days that I want to have, right? I really say while reclaiming your time, because I think where most people are is kind of where Lisa just said she was like, I had lost all my time because I was doing anything I could for anybody I could. So my time was full, but I didn't really have the clients I wanted. I wasn't able to go get more. I wasn't able to, to make more money because my days were full and I needed to have a system to be able to kind of reclaim my time and get these clients and make money. And so the system is this kind of like five part framework, I guess, maybe where we, we talk about how to have a day that you do claim, reclaim your time, how to find the right clients and how to know what to price your offerings and what to offer and how to go get awareness of your business in a way that really works for you and how to build these relationships so that you're getting clients all the time. And so that it's important for you to know that because that's exactly what Lisa and I are going to talk about right now. That's what Lisa and I work. It's the same thing I do for myself. It's the same thing I do for my private clients. It's just in this package of like a really affordable, it's under $500 program because I don't want to see people struggle, especially now more than ever before with having that business that they really want to have that feels fun and not like your days are just full of stuff that you don't enjoy doing. So that's what Lisa and I worked on. And Lisa, when we did this, right, I'm going to take you through some of these sections. Like when we started putting strategy behind things, how did you start changing your approach to your day, right? Because before it was take any clients, do anything, go anywhere. I don't know. I'm just going to be all the places, do all the things. What was the first noticeable result in the actual structure of your day? Um, so, so many things about this, but really starting to sp put aside some CEO time. So I spent more time, some time on my business rather than in my business was a big deal for me. I hadn't done any planning, any long-term planning. I didn't have goals. You know, I just had none of that. So I was just kind it, like you said, throwing spit against the wall, just kind of riding that wave of how can I get clients? I remember, um, before my dad passed away, I was on vacation. We took a family vacation to the beach and I was every morning had to spend like two hours doing social media stuff for my clients because they had no structure to how I was doing it. It was miserable. You know, I mean, I was happy I got away and happy to spend time, but I was spending time doing work where I couldn't have family time because I just hadn't put systems in place to be able to make it work for me as a business that was sustainable. Well, and I think, you know, to put it like Rita looking from the outside in, right? Because it, so Lisa awarded it how it felt to her, right? But the business coach in me is like, cool, and here's why this was happening, right? It's because <laughs> she was fitting her life in around her business. It was like whenever her clients needed her, whatever her clients needed her for, whatever the work like had to be done, right? Almost like that employee mindset, right? Like this is what they want, when they want it by, when they need it, I perform it, cool. As opposed to, wait, I actually can like plan my life first and then schedule my business around my life. And we started doing that for you like right away. I was like, you have to, you have to decide like, when do you not want to be working? Yeah. And when do you want to like have time for yourself in the morning and take a lunch every day? And like, right. But it's like, and what do you want to be doing? And how do you want it to feel? And like all of this stuff. Right. And it's like, that's not something normal that most business owners do. They think that they have to work when just whenever it happens and they can shove in what they want to live, right? Like around it. But for you, we were like, no, no, no. We have to like stop that. And we have to carve out time blocks for things, right? So I had you start time blocking. I had you start really paying attention to your time and treating time as if it was your most important asset. When you started viewing time as your most important asset, like what changed for you? Oh my gosh, what didn't change, right? <laughs> so I, you know, 
I, I, to this day, I actually still work on that where, you know, and I struggle with it a little bit also, but you know, one of my goals is to quit work at say 5 PM so I can spend time with my son. And I've actually instituted Pomodoros as a way of time blocking and keeping my time in the right thing. I put, I do, I time block for my family time too. Like that's, I've become so much more structured and that structure has allowed me so much more freedom so that if I wanted to go on vacation with my family, I, I was able to set things up beforehand and I spent time doing sales so I could get clients in the door and, you know, and figuring out how much I wanted to make instead of just taking what people gave to me. So I know I even looked at raising my rates, which is a scary thing too. There were so well, many Well, we're going to talk, we're talking okay. about that. We're talking about, <laughs> but like, I, I love this. I love this piece because it just really hammers home that idea that by setting your day first, the life you want to live first then you can make decisions in your business to support it. If you say, hey, after I block out the time, I don't want to be working because I want to be with my children or this is the time I'd like to take a lunch or I'd like to spend my morning doing this routine that I have or whatever, you can see how much time you have left for your business. And you can say now within that time, it could be 50 hours, it could be five hours, right? The idea is what decisions do you have to make with the time you have to be able to build the business you want? And it might be you can only take fewer clients, but you have a certain revenue goal, meaning you're going to have to charge higher rates, right? Or I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying you at least know the decisions that need to be made. And until you give yourself that like kind of like that container, you're not really making any decisions, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So then that's where it feels a little chaotic, right? So after we did that, that one, the other thing we stepped into was really getting clear around who you serve and how you serve them. Because I said, we can't take all the clients and do all the things anymore because that's where you feel a little overwhelmed. With like, why is it that I'm networking in all of these places and I'm talking to all of these people, but nobody's like, yes, like I need that. Like people are like, that's cool. I love what you do. And maybe I'll talk to you in the future. And that's where a lot of people find themselves frustrated. And I know you were frustrated with like, everybody says this is neat, but I'm not getting the clients that really want what I want and appreciate it or value it or like, it's not happening with ease. And so we really started narrowing your focus. I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit because I know people are so scared, especially at the beginning, because they're like, well, I need the money. So the more people that I market to, the more people I say I can help, then the more opportunity I have for money. And like what I would love for you to talk through is where's the truth in that, right? Like, like I help people or I help yeah. business owners versus like going narrow because people feel like going narrow is going to restrict their income potential. True. So um, you made me do market research. It was one of the first things you made me do. And as much as I resisted it, it was so Did helpful. You? Did I you resist it? I don't I, remember Internally, that. I resisted okay, cool. it. I, I, don't, I don't remember that. Okay, cool. Yeah, Obviously, I, I didn't pay any attention no, to the fact right, that you were yeah. resisting Do it, it anyway, Lisa. Yeah. No. Um, so that was super helpful. I like. I thought it was a pain, but Rita said, do market research and really narrow in on the type of person you want to have as your ideal client. And I always feel like this is a work in progress for me because I think that it, it can change and morph as you learn more about people people. But, you know, in doing that, it just, first of all, when you can figure that out and get your ideal client, it's this synergy and it blows your mind because everything works beautifully. And you know, when you're taking that client, who's not going to be ideal and you know, you're going to have problems with them. Invariably, when I take somebody who's not my ideal client, I'm thinking I'm going to have issues and I do, but I take them anyway, because I have to have a lesson over and over again. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, it's so funny. I, and the best example I can give you is that I was in in a clubhouse room, right? As I always am these days. And I was talking to people saying, well, yes, I help business owners use social media to get better at bringing clients in the door. And we, people were talking through my intro and they said, is that really it? And I said, actually, I help 
female entrepreneurs over the age of 45 who've been in business for at least five years and have a couple of people under them use social media. And five people said, that's me. Mm -hmm. So it just, you can't speak someone's language if you're not speaking to exactly the issues they're having. And so by narrowing your focus, you speak their language. And I believe in this 150%. And Rita's been preaching it forever. And it's so true. I So many people, that's me. I know that. That's my problem. You're talking to me about stuff that I, I'm challenged with. And so it really just resonates and it makes them identify with you and makes them want to hire you because they, they know that you understand their problems. It's that that kind of empathy where you get what they're going through. It's so valuable. Yeah. And well, and I mean, when people come to me and they're like, okay, well, but Rita, I help everybody or I help business owners or I help women or I help moms or I help women in corporate America. And I'm, and I'm like, cool, we have to, we have to narrow that. And then they're like, no, 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 because then I won't make money. And I'm like, well, how much money are you making right now? And they're like, well, I'm not. I'm not. And I'm like, okay, so that's not working that well for you, right? Like, so do you really have anything to lose by like playing around with this? And they're like, I guess not. And and Lisa's exactly right. And we've talked about this before, right? If I'm talking to single women, a single woman who's never been married versus a single woman who's divorced and dating for the first time since her marriage, like those are different challenges that they're having with dating, different motivations for why it's important to them, different kinds of support and help they need to overcome those different challenges. And while I could help both of them, if I'm marketing to both of them, I'm not going to resonate with either one of them. And that's the circle you guys find yourself in where people are like, that's cool. That sounds neat you know, I guess I'll call you if I need it, right? As opposed to like, oh, that's me. That's exactly the problem I'm having. And so by speaking, right? So it's like, yes, you could help everybody. I'm not saying you can't help everybody, but you just can't market or network effectively, right? The networking time is a premium. Our networking budget for money and time is a premium. And so if you know who is your favorite, ideal, best client that you can support, then like, for example, in the example I just gave, going to like, a meetup group for divorced women or divorced singles or, um, you know, single parents or something like that, like you're going to have a much better return on that networking time than if you were just going to generic networking events and going, oh, maybe I ran into one person that might be an ideal client as opposed to walking into a room and being surrounded by them, right? So that was the next. So now we have, trust me, this, it sounds like it happened with ease. It did not. Lisa, <laughs> right. did Lisa, not thought, me, Lisa thought me on everything. And I so <laughs> like, I can't have my perfect, which is normal. I can't have my ideal day. Like that's crazy. Cause in, in corporate, we didn't have our ideal days for the most part. We didn't have control over it. And so people are like, no, no, no. Like I, I had a client the other day, you'll appreciate this. Tell me they were, they felt guilty. And I said, why? And he said, well, you know, I only worked like three hours yesterday and I didn't work eight hours. And I was like, well, what, why is eight? He's like, well, shouldn't I be working a full day? And I'm like, well, you could work eight hours and actually not do anything productive, right? It's not the number of hours that you're working. It's the quality of what you're doing during the hours. And that's something that we have to reprogram our brain out. So Lisa was fighting me over her ideal day and fighting me over like narrowing, but she did it. And like, like she shared in her story, like, People are like, that's me. Like, I think I need you. I know I might need you. And it's easier now to have the right conversations with the right people to buy your stuff, which is part three, right? Of this framework is like what you offer, how you price it and how you structure it. So (laughs) Lisa, as she told you, was doing anything that people asked for, right? Because that 
So what were some of the changes that you made to like your offerings and how you were offering them and and why? Like what were some of your mindset and thought changes around those? Well, so I was first of all pricing way too low and doing too much work. Like I was crazy with work. So, you know, we took a good look at it and the, up my pricing and it was scary. It's hard you you have to really believe in that. And so for me, a big part of that pricing change was believing that I was worth the price. I was you know, I was quoting to people and I still, I think we all struggle with that. Like that's always a battle for me every time I up my rates. But then the other part of it was really looking at what I was offering and my packages. Did I have packages that led people from being aware of me into having a low cost offering into having a medium one to being my client instead of just going from zero to, Hey, you're my, you're my monthly client. So I hadn't really structured that. So what did that look like for me? And, you know, and I think, I think this ties back to step two, right? It's really hard to understand where your client is and where they want to go and the things that you can offer to get them there if you don't know specifically who your client is, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why it feels kind of chaotic. And so what we did for you is really say, okay, this is the person I really want to work with. So here's what they're struggling with. Here's ultimately what they want. Now, here are the different ways that I can work with them. What makes sense to actually get them from point A to that final point, right? And then it's like, oh, this is intentional. Like I see there's some intentionality behind like structuring this and like, but if they're not ready for the real comprehensive solution, what could still help them? Right. And like building off of that, it's like, oh, but it all makes sense. Once you realize you're trying to help a million different people, how are you going to find the pieces that feel like they flow from one into the other, into the other. And, you know, around the rates too, it's kind of like, um, Again, you know, when people come to me and I'm like, okay, they're like, my, my hours are relatively like kind of full, whether it's through business building or having clients or, but people are saying yes. And I'll say, okay, well, but if everyone's saying yes, maybe you might, like, I had a lawyer come to me and he's like, I, he said, Rita, I'm just, I can't, I I have to turn work away. I have so much business coming through the door that I have to turn it, like most of it away. And I said, well, maybe it's time to raise your rates. A hundred percent. You said that to me. You're like, if everybody's saying yes, your rates are too low. Probably so, because you're the cheapest yeah, one on the right? block, which so, is, you know, if, yeah. if that's intentional, cool. If not, let's just practice increasing them a little bit. Yeah. Right? And I got to about a quarter of, I get a quarter, 25% yeses, which is right, you know, a better space for me than yeah. getting a hundred percent yeses, which was right. crazy. That, and I love, I love, love, love that you just brought that up because I think that you know, what you realize is you're going to hear more no's as you increase your pricing, but you need fewer yeses, right? Which is where you scale your time back again, where you can reclaim more of your time to go and do all of these other things in your business. And so it feels scary to hear a no until you realize, wait a minute, I only need one yes. I don't need four yeses. I can afford more no's to get the one Yes. And it's a mindset thing and you need support. But so that's what we did with Lisa, right? We really got intentional around like her packages and her offerings because we were very clear now around who it was that she was trying to support and what are, and and as her business grows, sometimes that person, that audience changes and you have to sit and revisit this and refine it. But it's like an ongoing process, but it like now it's a repeatable process. It's yeah. kind of like, okay, I got like we were just talking about before this podcast. Like, cool, okay, well, now here's my next level vision for my day and how I want my day to feel. And this is what it means for like what 
the work might be that will support that day, right? Like the things I do in my business. So here's like the person that's most needing that. And here's like, so it's a process you revisit, but once you know how to do it, it's like, oh, it's so easy to do it and talk it through. You're almost like, oh, like what took us 10 minutes in the kitchen would have taken us like a year, right? And it it did. Like back then it did take us a year. Absolutely. And I always feel like if I'm not shaking up my life, then I'm stagnant for some reason. And I'm a big stability person, but I always feel like my life has to get shaken up. And so now we were revisiting what does my business look like? Yeah, but and, everybody yeah. don't always listen to that. No, don't listen to you don't we, need to don't do that. That like, is not we'll good leave advice. it in the podcast. They <laughs> won't edit it out. But no, but there, there's a good way to shake up, which is what you're doing, and also a bad way. So a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs, and this gets to our offerings and our services, it's like they want to offer a million different things a million different ways, and they want to change it up because they get bored offering the same thing over and over and over again. Yet every time you change it up and you're offering, nobody really knows what it is you offer, and nobody, like, especially if it's a course or something like that. Right. And so it's like, no, sometimes you're going to have to be bored because guess what? Your business isn't a hundred percent about you. And so it's like, if there's a program and that program changes people's lives and you want it to be a big, huge program, you're going to have to market that program year after year, after year, after year, after year to allow that knowledge and that awareness of it, which is what we're getting into now. So like, let's talk a little bit about because now we've talked about your days and we've talked about your audience and we talked about what you offered and how that's changed since you started till now to be able to generate right consistent revenue and get consistent clients. So how ha- has it changed for you in terms of how you're generating awareness of your business? Because before it was like, I'll go to the chamber, I'll talk to people, people refer, that's cool. And I'm just kind of, but like, has anything changed around your thought process now that you know who you're helping and how you help them in terms of how you're getting eyes on you and how you're getting that visibility. Yes, it definitely has changed. I mean, obviously with times of COVID, that's changed a lot. But for me, I get a lot of referral business. And so I learned to nurture the relationships that lead to that referral business. And that was a big shift for me too. So all of the networking that I did in the beginning ended up paying off in spades later on because I'm, I'm getting people my web. And I learned who is a good referral partner for me. So I actually try to spend more time developing those partnerships rather than just straight up networking to business owners. And that's been a really cool shift too. And I appreciate that. And when I find those relationships, I really nurture them and and, and just be sure that the people are happy. And I look for other relationships like that too. So that's been a really big shift. And I, it's a, it's a welcome shift because I do like spending the time trying to develop those relationships rather than just, you know, scattering out where, where I'm going with everything. Yeah, with everything. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to, we're going to talk about that from what you do in a second, but like from this point of view, what really helped Lisa was that CEO time and looking at where her business was coming from. It's amazing to me and not really, cause it was me too. I mean, like all of us too, but like the idea is when I say, well, where is your business coming from? And people are like, I don't really know. I'll even say, how did that person on a sales call find you? I'm not 100% certain. Or they clicked on my website. Cool. But how did they find your website? Well, I don't know. I didn't ask. Like, was it because someone referred them and they went to your website? Is it because, you know, they did a search and the SEO was good? It's like, I don't know. We're not asking enough or tracing where all of these pieces, like how did people join your Facebook group? I don't know. Like we have to ask these questions to get this data, which is how Lisa was able to go, here's where the majority of my business comes from. So it makes a lot of sense to put my strategy and attention here. But when clients come to you, right, for social media help, they're usually 
all over the place. They've got an Instagram account and a Facebook account and a Twitter account, a Pinterest account, maybe an old, old LinkedIn account. Like they have all of these scattered things, right? And they're like, I don't get why social media is not working for me. So what do you advise them there around awareness? So my favorite thing um, is if I'm advising someone on what to do with their social media, I tell them, and I love it. I, d- I think it was Marie Forleo. I don't remember which big social media person said this in a room. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my advice too. But I tell them to focus on two platforms and get really good at those two platforms. And when they do branch out, because the thing is your, your attention is shift. It, it's all over the place and you can't be consistent on anything if you're trying to do too much stuff. So just take the top two, know your clients, do your market research, figure out where in the world your clients are online and focus on those top two platforms and go after those two and make them consistent and good. And then when you've got that rolling really smoothly, add other things, but they're just too scattered. They they just, they're trying to be all over. Now, some of them will hire me to be on all the platforms and we as a company can develop that presence for them. But you know what? Even then, there's a couple of platforms they do well on, a couple they don't. They don't like, yep. Yeah, invariably. And because they're always, so it's that strategic, and that's that's what this most important thing program does is that there's actually at week five, there's a track that you pick and you're going to either build a community or you're going to develop your content and you're even going to pick, where am I developing this content for? Is it Instagram or is it a podcast or is it a newsletter? And the reason I do that, I make you pick one thing, one way to build visibility to build awareness because I want you to do that well, excellent, and make it work like a well-oiled machine because that's how you get results, right? You've heard me talk about this before. You cast this wide net, but when you're doing a little bit of everything, you're just going to get a little bit of results. But if you go all in on one thing, whether it's your audience, right? Like we talked about narrowing your audience or one offer, like we talked about with pricing and packaging or this one way of building visibility, you go all in on it. You're going to see those big, deep results to match because it's going to work well. You're going to make it work well. Then you can add it another platform and then you can add it. So after people are generating awareness, right? And this is normal. This You were doing this. I was doing that. Like everybody does this at some point in their business, but we're out there and we are getting eyes on our business and we're talking to people and then people are like, oh, I'm not ready now. And it's like, okay, cool. And then like, we're trying to find more eyes and more eyes and more eyes. And we're not nurturing the relationships of the eyes that have already been on us. We think if it's a, oh, I don't know, not right now, thanks. Then we just move on to find somebody else, right? And I think what a lot of people don't realize is they're missing that opportunity to nurture those relationships where those same people can become clients or customers down the road when they're ready. So what are your clients? What are some mistakes your clients are making when it comes to that relationship nurturing piece? Oh gosh, on social media, <laughs> just anywhere. <laughs> social, I mean, like yeah. in general, when you when you say cool, yeah. So you've got oh. all this visibility. Yeah. Where are we di- where are we directing? So like, what did what happens? Perfect example. I have a client that does um, they do Scrum certification training, right? It's a really weird thing. Like it's weird, right? And they they hold uh, classes for people to do this, and so they have really good classes. They're amazing. And I said to them, well do you guys have an email list? And they said, yes, we do. And I said, well, how often are you sending out emails? And they said, emails, <laughs> we're not doing that. And I said, well, we should probably do a monthly, at least a monthly email newsletter to let people know when they could sign up for your courses. And they said, great idea. Every time we send out that darn newsletter, we get people to sign up for the courses it, yeah. or the workshops. It's amazing. And so they're not 
in whatever they're doing, they're just not consistent. And that's the big thing. If you can be consistent, you are just 75% of the way there in what you need to do to convert people to clients. And inconsistency is a huge mistake that I see. Well, and then we talked about, so if you guys missed the Facebook live interview I did with Lisa recently, like definitely go and check it out. But like one thing that Lisa and I talk about a lot is what you're doing during that relationship nurturing phase, right? Like a lot of people think if it's a no or a no for now, that that's the end and you have to keep finding. And that just puts you in that like never ending hustle loop, right? But imagine if instead there was a place, there was this magical place that you put them and they all went to this place. And in this place, they were interacting with you in whatever way where they were able to know you better, learn more about you, learn more about your business, learn about the problems you solve, right? Like building up no like and trust, seeing what it would be like to work with you, understanding that it would be a good experience, right? To work with you and that they can trust you to give you money, right? Like if this was all happening in this magical land, right? And the magical land does tend to be digital marketing. It tends to be social media or so if you're using social media only as a promotional tool, awareness, awareness, promote, promote, right? Awareness, sell, awareness, sell, awareness, sell, you're going to struggle forever, right? So what, when people say, well, how do I use social media to nurture relationships? Or how do I use a newsletter to nurture relationships? Like what types of content are like, how do you help them like do these missing pieces? And how does that help them generate more sales? Well, it's always about providing value rather than just straight up selling to them. So whatever we decide to do, I always ensure that my clients are providing value to their potential customers. And we develop a strategy which sets them up as an industry leader and make, and we make sure that they're providing value and that they're also being as personal as they can as a company to get people to develop the know, like, and trust factor. I will tell you it's harder with an organization to do that than it is with a person, but whatever avenue we decide to work with on them, I'm always making sure that whatever content we do, like goes back to as a company, what their values are and what's important to them and how they treat their employees if, you know, to the extent that we can do that. So um, I'm always just trying to be sure that whatever they give show out to the world sets them up in the best way possible to nurture that relationship through letting people have a glimpse of what they're about. Yeah. And I, I, what I really hope you guys are taking away is that it's never awareness and purchase. It's never, oh, I just became aware of you and now I'm ready to give you money and I'm ready to purchase from you. There is always this period of consideration where they're literally deciding to, I know you like, you trust you. Do you solve my individual specific problems? Can I trust to give you money? If I give you money, is it going to be a good experience to work with you? So all of this is a content that Lisa's talking about that you have to be putting somewhere. And that's what you do in the program too, right? And the most important thing, we're having you pick one place Again, you go on down a different track and that's where you're going to develop this content and you're really going to start nurturing uh, relationships in the place that you pick so that it's working like a wall oil machine. I mean, I know when Lisa came to me, one of the things that helped you get to consistent clients and revenue was nurturing relationships. You didn't have a newsletter that was going out consistently and now you do, right? And you weren't really doing your own social media consistently either, right? Because cobbler has no shoes, like kind of thing where it's like you're doing other people's and you don't. But the minute that you decided, here is my strategy for how I generate awareness and then where I, I take them, this magical land where I'm nurturing the relationship, like what was possible for you? What became easier in your business? What didn't become easier? But I will say to everybody who's listening, I still struggle with that. It's always an ongoing issue for me. Am I spending enough time nurturing those relationships? Because 
everything I do is tied up in doing it for my clients. So my creativity goes there. So I still work on that. And well, I this still is why to... most social media managers have to hire <laughs> I know, social <right>? media managers <laughs> do, yeah. because that's the whole point, right? Yeah. It's like once you realize, wait, I'm a CEO of a business, even though I can do my own social media doesn't necessarily mean that it makes sense for me yes. to be doing my social media. And you have started building a team to help you with that. Definitely, definitely. So so getting back to your question, yeah. um, you know, for me, it was just in working to develop and nurture the relationships. Now, when I hold challenges, I get people to sign up. I have people on my newsletter list. I have people that sign up for my paid program. So it's, you know, it just helps me so much more into funneling people into whatever programs I have. And, you know, that's just magical. Like when I do intensives, I get people in the intensives and it's, well, it's, it's, it's like dating. It's like, it's easier to get married. If you kind of like continue to nurture the relationship from the date one all the way through, <laughs> as opposed to just going like, do you want to marry me? And the answer is no on date one. And you just try to find a new date one. And you're like, I don't get it. Why am I not getting married? It's like, cause you got to nurture relationships. It's the same thing in business. Right. And so again, guys, I can't stress the the reason I'm sharing this is because this is exactly what has allowed Lisa to go from, you know, struggling to make the income she wanted and the revenue in her business that she needed um, and having the days that she wanted to have to now where she spends time with her, her child and she's having more fun and she's able to travel more now and even work from where wherever she is because she built that business model. And now she's making the money she wants and getting the kind of work she wants to do. And she's actually having fun with how she's showing up on Clubhouse and like generating awareness and nurturing relationships. And she has a team now that's able to, I mean, I shared with her a message the other day from where from where she hired her very first VA (laughs) for like, I forget, like $12 an hour, something like that. Right. She was so excited. She was like, and we all are. I mean, mine was the same way. Right. And it was just like, (gasps) Oh my gosh, because it's a scary thing, right? And now Lisa's like, all right, I need to bring on like my eighth team member and I'm looking for like another, like, it's like a no brainer anymore that you realize that when you get the support that you need, that's when the revenue comes as opposed to waiting for the revenue to get the support. A hundred percent. And can I say something like being able to hire people, I'm helping other women business owners grow. And that's such a good feeling. That's the part about being in that position. You know, now it's just, of course I need team members. Why was I resisting so much? So it's really just such a great mindset shift. And it's so heartwarming to know that you support other businesses too. I love that piece of being able to hire people. Well, I guess, you know, there are a couple of questions I want to ask you here in closing. So for anyone struggling to get consistent clients or generate consistent revenue in their business, like after hearing all of this, what would your advice to them be? Hire Rita. <laughs> you guys, I mean, I approve this message. I am Rita Goodrow and I approve this message. No, I mean, there's a reason I've been Rita's client for six years. I just, um, you know, every, I would say I credit Rita with every good thing that's happened in my business. Every milestone I've reached, every Aww. time I, oh, don't, I'm going to start crying. No, 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 crying. Um, no, no, crying. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just without her, I, you know, I'm not an unmotivated, unmotivated person, but I feel like Rita's just given me the structure and the drive and determination and the steps to take and knowing what to do and when to do it's it. It's a partner. Be- it's a partner. The way I like to describe that is it's like a partner in your business, right? Because we're always all, it's not the information that is new. I'm not saying things that are like earth shattering or not existing in other places. You could Google all of this and find most of this, maybe hopefully worded in different ways because I, you know, I've not plagiarized anything, but like <laughs> the idea is like, it's not novel concepts. There are only so many ways to sell. There are only so many ways to run a business. There are only so many ways. But 
what is infinite is our ability to get in our own way and like <laughs> yeah. stop us from doing any of it, right? And that's where support helps you get out of your own way so you can do it because it's almost impossible to get yourself out of your own way. So wh- whatever that support is, right, it is whether it's a, a peer or a mentor or me or hopefully guys, right, the most important thing program. I mean, this is why this is a low cost program, but it's structured in a way that you're going to interact with all the other participants. So you have access to them, but you also have access to me for live Q&As and for support and feedback because it's not enough to just get the information. That's why I could never run a truly passive course. I can never just give you worksheets and videos and transcripts and say, there you go. Like I've, I've, I've thought about it and I can't. And at the end of the day, the reason that I can't is because I know that that's not enough. It's not enough to just get the information. It's as you're implementing or going to implement, you're going to hit walls and challenges and you need support to navigate around those challenges. And so in this program, I've set up the support you need from all levels, right? And I hope that that's what you're hearing because Lisa's been both a private client and she's in my mastermind where she's getting the same kind of support as what's going to be in this program. It's a different level, but it's the same concept. And like, I, I just hope what you took away is like, that's valuable, that you have somebody to reach out to at any moment in time, whether I'm free or not, because of the other people in your program, you're able to go, guys, wait, what? Like, what, what are you thinking of this? Or should I do it? And somebody's going to be there to go, you should do it, Lisa, go do it. Right. And sometimes that's all we need is somebody else to give us permission to do the thing that we're scared to give ourselves permission to do. Yeah. And you all know this, but Rita's ability to pull an amazing community get amazing community together is unparalleled. Sorry, I stumbled. Amazing immunity. But I wish, I wish I could pull amazing (laughs) immunity for everybody during the time of COVID, but also an amazing community. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It is unparalleled. She just attracts the most incredible people. My masterminds have been rock star. I mean, they're just fantastic. So, and, and I will tell you, even six years later, Rita still looks at me and is like, well, we should maybe shift your business this way. And, and I thought, well, okay, I thought I knew what I was doing, but you know, clearly I still need help. So it's <laughs> well, just such a great help and assistance and, and it's an amazing relationship. And I know you do have to wrap it. I could keep you here forever. I know that you have to head out, but I, I would, I know because you've struggled through this at every stage of your business. And I know somebody's sitting there going, well, I'd really love to do the most important thing program, but it's still, you know, I'm not saying 497 isn't an investment. Like I'm saying I made it where it's affordable by almost everyone and their payment plans, guys, if the, if, if paying it in one lump sum is a problem for you, just message me. There are already people that I said, Hey, we can split this up. Like, that's not my problem. Like, I don't care about that. We'll work something out. I want you in the program. But I know that for some people are like, Oh, but it's an investment. Like, I don't know. It's an investment. I don't have the time right now. Um, it's going to be summer. <laughs> you know, everybody's always like, I, I think I want to be outside and enjoying the summer. And I'm like, wouldn't you rather be outside making money while you're enjoying it? But I get it. I get it. But people are like, it's a scary thing to invest your time or money somewhere. So you've also at different stages of your business, even with me, with my own offerings and with your own team and everything, like you've gone through these moments too. What would you advise to someone who's sitting there going, I want to do it, but I'm really afraid to make this investment of time and money? 
after I spend the money on either coaching or my team, I always look back and go, wow, that was the best money I've ever spent. So just spend the money, like figure out a way to do it and spend the money. It's going to be worth it. It's so important. And guys, like I said, you can mess. If you need to figure out a way, just message me and we'll figure it out. Now, the last question, right, is kind of like, what's next for Lisa? We're like, if people want to know, how can I find you? How can I learn more about what you do to help people on social media? Where can they go? Where can they find you? So follow me on Instagram, Lisa A. Nichols. I've been spending eight nickels with two L's. I've been spending a ton of time on Instagram. If you guys are on Clubhouse, I am all over Clubhouse talking about social media, doing social media audits, like all kinds of fun stuff there. I'm on LinkedIn under Lisa A. Nichols. And I have a fantastic Facebook group that Rita prompted me to start. (laughs) (laughs) That's so much fun. It's called the Engaging Entrepreneur. And they do spend a lot of time there. And we hold fun challenges. And I go live once a week to talk about a social media training or something like that. So I think those are all the places you can find me. I'm all over the internet. Just look for <laughs> me. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put all of our links in the show notes. But Lisa, I wanted to say thank you so much for being here. And guys, I want to show you that w- your level of business may be different, but what changes is is not the foundations. Like this is a piece that never changes. At whatever level you're trying to get to, you have to come back to this, to your schedule, to your audience, to your offerings, and to your strategy for generating awareness and nurturing those relationships. That's what we do in this program. I hope you'll see us there so that you can also start getting consistent clients and consistent revenue while reclaiming your time. So catch me next week for another episode and email me if you have any questions. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to RitaMamieDoIt.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode. Oh, oh, oh.